Jungle Path. A man calling himself El Falcone has moved into the region with about 350 men, recruited from the Apache Reservation, the discharged railroad crews, and ex-soldiers from Mexico. In following him, Lieutenant Morton and I were out on point as we wished to set an example to the men who appeared unwilling to enter the path. Morton and I were a mile ahead when we heard firing. We, we rushed back and... Stuart made a stronger effort than ever to control his voice, but it was breaking even so, and he continued. Morton was shot in the head as we came upon the scene. I was wounded and knocked from my mount. I exchanged shots, but seeing everyone dead before me, I caught up a runaway horse and escaped, knowing someone would have to warn the fort. The general's voice was the roar of a storm as he played lightning about Stuart's head. Massacred! Massacred! Damn you for a coward and a traitor! How is it that the officer in command comes free with all others dead? Ambush, was it? A set trap, more likely, with you paid to lead your men into it. Wilson let his blast sink in and then delivered his ultimatum. You're to be confined to the barracks under guard. Colonel Hanson and Lieutenant Colonel Decker will constitute the court. Gregory could feel the surging anger within Stuart as he led him to the door. He, too, was angry, so that he did not dare to speak until he had Stuart within his bare but cool quarters. I'll get a doctor in here, sir. You've got to be patched up. Never mind. The men are with you. Lee, said Surgeon Glenhart, you've been here ten days, and you're sicker than you was when they brought you in. Major Stuart looked up from his couch and smiled. He could appreciate the surgeon's solicitude and was grateful for the way the spare ascetic had taken matters in hand. The first favors had been to herd off all officers and communications, and the last had been to move Lee out of his quarters into the quiet patio. I'm sorry I'm such a bad patient, Doc, but I thought you said this hole in my shoulder was getting all right. Shoulder? What I care about a shoulder? What use you got of a shoulder if you're sick where you are sick? He wrapped his skull with a bony finger. Inside your noodle. Lee still smiled. You're off, Doc. I feel okay. I'll be around tomorrow and they can sick their dogs. Glenhart scowled horribly at Lee. You're sick. Everybody's sick. What can you expect? Letters once a month. Nothing to eat but sow belly and pone. What I'm, what I'm getting at is this. Here's 400 of Uncle Sam's regulars stuck down here in the middle of a desert nobody's ever mapped in a territory nobody would want if they had any brains. Sure, everybody's sick. Heat and flies and bad tempers and a pot-bellied little rat named Wilson, king of all he surveys, and a lot that he don't. An outpost on the upper rim of hell all ready to go plop into the devil's front yard. He threw a cigarro down on the tiled walk and stood there breathing hard as though still swearing under his breath. And now, he announced, the only good officer in the place gets sick in the head. You're wrong, protested Lee. The hell I am. You lie there and put on a show for me. I'm all right, but you ain't. You saw thirty-five men and your officers. Please, said Lee. Let me finish, shouted Glenhart ferociously. You saw your party cut up, and that was shock. You got a bullet wound in you, and that was more shock. You rode when other men would have laid down and groaned and died. That was shock, too. And then you came back here, thinking of your good old pard, Puff Pot Wilson, and he handed you plenty more shock. 
You're punch drunk. Well, what if I am, said Lee angry. Shut up. Who the hell did this to you, huh? A bandito? He calls himself El Falcone. And this Falcone is all swelled up on himself. His men think he's great. He wants to be a governor, though God knows why anyone would want to hang around this sizzling southwest with nothing to govern but horned toads and sidewinders. You could bust him in six chunks if it came down to man-to-man -to -man stuff. If you think I'll run, yeah, 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 run, says you, make liars out of them. That's the ticket to glory. Understand? In a lifetime of swift action, Lee Stewart was accustomed to weariness. But now his brain and soul were soggy lumps within him, and even the contemplation of movement was too much for him to bear. Morton had been his friend. Captain Stevens, another victim, had been his boon companion stirrup to stirrup for nine years, and that band of thirty-five had also included the non-coms, who had given him the staunchest support during a year of petty military persecution at the hands of General Wilson, the man who hated Lee because he could never be a Lee Stewart. From the direction of the drill field sounded the dull throb of muffled drums. Lee raised himself up, gripping hard to the side of his cot, his face strained. He knew only too well what it was. A patrol and ambulances had gone out to bring in the dead, and now, buried, they were being accorded their last rites. Silver notes floated on the evening air as the sweet misery of taps bade goodbye to troopers who would never ride again, to comrades whose laughter was forever stilled. Lee Stewart was shaking, and his eyes smarted. He faced Glenhart. With a swift motion, the surgeon flipped a Texas from his coat and handed the ivory buck to Lee. With the other hand, he extended a roll of bills. Suddenly, Lee Stewart swung his feet down to the tile and gripped the cold butt of the revolver. He gave the cylinder a spin, and while it still whirred, he resolutely stood up. All right, Doc. I guess you've sold your ticket to glory. At ten o'clock that night, General Wilson stalked across the parade ground. A case of indigestion and a somewhat stiff lacing by Mrs. General Wilson over the affair of Major Stewart supplemented each other to place all thought of bed from the general's mind. He reviewed the evidence, and to Wilson it was damning. Lee Stewart was too loose with his men. Why, damn it, he'd been seen sitting on his heels down at the stables, arguing about pure Arabian breeds with a sergeant. And that wasn't all. Stewart had almost knocked a New York captain down for not removing his hat in the presence of some Spanish wenches. Officers' wives, they were, never heard of such impudence. And always bidding for favor among the men like that time he fought his company through a barricaded bunch of Apaches to rescue half a dozen wounded. Bah! The wounded had died, hadn't they? And Stewart had lost three additional men, hadn't he? It was apparent. Lee Stewart was guilty. Court-martial was too good for him. Something was very strange about the front of Stewart's quarters. A lump was lying there in the shadows, and the lump was wiggling. A sentry lying down on the job. Captain Andrews was trussed up like a hog for market, and a gag was tied across his mouth. Just behind him lay a private, similarly bound. Wilson brayed, Captain of the Guard, turn out! By this time, Andrews and the private had been freed. What happened? cried Wilson. Sir, Major Stewart called me in, and that's all I remember until I was lying out here. A 
sergeant from the stables rushed up, his blouse flapping in the torrent of wind he created with his speed. He had such news as to make him completely forget to halt and salute. Sir, your Piedmont stallion is missing. Wilson stood very still, his fists clenched, the pressing circle inched back. The general singled out regimental surgeon Glenhart. You're the one that's been with him. When did you see him last? This evening said Glenhart, unconcernedly combing his beard with indolent fingers. You're the one that said he'd die if we didn't give him time to heal up before the court. Now what have you got to say to that? What have I to say, General? Simply that a surgeon is responsible for the welfare of the officers and men in his keeping. Wilson advanced, threatening a round hulk of fury. You mean you know something, but you won't talk. I want details. Don't you know what this means? He sold us out. Now, Captain Mahoney, you will place Glenhart under arrest immediately. Now, said Wilson, calmer and speaking slowly, who was in command of the South Gate? Lieutenant Gregory clicked his heels and gave a precise point salute. His youthful face was very calm. I was, sir. So... This is the kind of officer they turn out today, said Wilson. In my day, they turned out men. You let Stuart ride straight up through the south gate when you knew he was going to contact the Spanish, when you knew he was to be tried for abandoning his men for high treason for insubordination. How much money are you going to get for that? Sir, choked Gregory. I was in the guardroom where I was supposed to be. I heard a horse and saw the sentry snap to present arms. I recognized your Piedmont stallion, and it was too dark to see the man. I heard the sentry...